uh, I wanted to start by uh, telling Ian thanks for speaking last week. Uh, I was able to go out with the kids last week, and uh, we continued our Olympic theme of taking aim uh, in our life to please Jesus, and uh, that was exciting, and we practiced archery, so I hope all of the kids were fine when they got home, no holes in them or anything from that. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, today, we're continuing in our series. There's an app for that. Uh, this series, what we're trying to do is take a look at some things in life and apply and, and look at how those match up with Scripture and take the Scriptures that God has given to us and apply those to our life. There's an app for that. There's the application for that. And, and we need to look at how God wants us to live and, and how God wants us to make decisions and, and how we can make wise decisions. And we make our decisions based on this idea of because I believe. Because I believe these certain things about God, about the Bible, and, and I believe that, that God has my best interest in mind, because of that, I'm going to do things in a certain way, and I'm not going to do other certain things, because what I believe affects who I am, and affects what I do, and, and what I don't do. I want to invite you to grab your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 3. If you're grabbing a blue Bible in front of you, it's page 450, or you can grab your smartphone and power up the Uversion app. And uh, to go right there to Proverbs chapter 3, uh, it's where we're going to start this morning. Um, Proverbs was written by a guy by the name of Solomon, who was the son of King David. Solomon was considered to be the wisest man who ever lived. And he wrote about his life experiences and the things that he learned through what he experienced, through what God taught him, and just uh, about life in general that he learned. And in this book, if you read through the book of Proverbs, you see that it's basically a guidebook for how to live our life, and it helps us with how we can make wise decisions. And today, as you've already heard with the children's message, um, my favorite verse of the Bible is where we're going to start. Proverbs chapter 3, beginning in verse 5. It says, trust in the Lord. And we're going to stop right there because if you remember back in week one, we talked about anytime you're reading through the Old Testament and you see the name Lord and it's capitalized like that, it's God's big name. Okay, they didn't really have a good way to translate it from the original language into English, and so they did the best they could, and they translated it Lord with capital letters, so that you would understand that whenever you read that, it's his big name, the biggest name. This is big God talking here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. And that sounds really good, and that's probably the reason I like it. That's just one of those things you're like, yeah, that, that'll work, right? But the struggle is, oftentimes... There's the way God wants us to live and the way we want to live, right? There's the things that if we trust in the Lord, but there's also our, our own understanding. And, and we have these two options, what we want to do or what God wants us to do. And, and as I just said, there's trusting in the Lord or there's leaning on our own understanding. And a lot of people, including probably many of us here today, we are where we are in life because of doing one or both or a combination of those things, right? I talk to people often who are telling me about the struggles and things that they're having in their life, and oftentimes I ask them, you know, various questions and come to find out that they're leaning on their own understanding. You have to ask yourself the question, how's that working for you? A lot of times when we just lean on ourselves, it just doesn't work very well. So trust in the Lord or lean on your own understanding. And, and so how does that work, and what does it look like? Well, we're faced with the decision that we need to make in life, so what do we do? Well, again, these kind of build a little bit. We talked about in week one, we need to fear the Lord, and not an afraid of God type of way where you're scared of him, but a healthy respect of God. So we fear the Lord, and then we trust the Lord, as we're talking about today. You put those two things together, and what happens? Well, 
you see what God promises us that he will tell us that will happen in verse 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Other versions say that he will direct your paths. It's like this. If I hold up my life to everything that God says is true, and then I take what he says is true, and I apply that to my life, then I, I will have the ability to make wise decisions. It's interesting here that God says through, uh, through Solomon here that we are to trust in the Lord with all of our heart, in all of our ways. And that word all there means this, this fancy definition of, of all, okay? It means everything, all of your life, all parts of your life, not just parts here, not just this coming to church on Sunday morning or the praying before meals part or the I'm going to act this way when the pastor's around part, but all parts of your life, the marriage part of your life, your family, your work, your academics, your, your schedule, whatever part of your life, you hold it up to God and what God says to be true, and then you're faced with making the decision. And what I've often found is when we really do this, God reveals it to us, and the choice is pretty simple. It's not easy to do or easy to follow through, but usually the choice is pretty simple. God lays it out there to us. But what about those times when it's not so black and white, when it's just not so easy to tell that this is right and this is wrong, and there's no clear-cut answer? What do we do then? This morning, we're not going to be talking about those things in Scripture that are talked about very clearly and that, that God talks about. You don't have to pray as to whether or not God wants you to have an affair or lie to your parents, okay? He doesn't. That's pretty clear. But what about those things in life that we encounter that we go to the Scriptures and they're just not really there? It doesn't say yes or no. Those, those everyday types of decisions. Maybe you have two job opportunities. None, you know, it's not right or wrong, but, but how do you decide? Maybe your group of friends are going to go out on a Friday night, and they're not going to do anything illegal, but is it the wise thing for you to do? Should, should you do this? You make so much money, this much money, and, and how do you manage that? What's, what's the right and, and wrong thing to do? It gets really interesting whenever you start looking at this in the area of relationships. You meet somebody, you're single, and you're like, oh, should I ask her out? Will I say yes if he asks me out? Or maybe you've been dating for a while and you're like, I don't know, this is going so well. Should we break up? You know, th those are some tough questions that you kind of have to, to wrestle through. And, and then there's some really tough questions. Some things like, my marriage is a disaster. He's cheated or, or she's cheated and biblically I have grounds for divorce. Do I file for divorce? Do I go ahead and do that? Do I give it time? What do I do? And it becomes a lot harder because... Those are not black and white questions and black and white answers. There's just some things that we have to wrestle through and, and, and figure out what we are to do. And what we're going to talk about today is not the right or wrong thing to do, maybe not even the logical thing to do, but we're going to try to take a step back and look at it a little more holistically and ask the question in a different way. And if you were here back in October of 2010, we did a, a six-week series over this topic. And so if you were here for that, you're going to get a quick refresher course. If you weren't, then I encourage you to, to listen to this for the first time and apply these things to your life as, as we look at how we make wise decisions in our life. In your Bible, jump forward to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, uh, page 829 in the, in the blue Bible in front of you. Paul wrote this letter to the church at Ephesus. And, and the people in Ephesus had been uh, believers, followers of Christ, for a very short period of time. And they were trying to figure out how they could make better decisions. They knew how they'd been making decisions before they were following Christ. But now that they're following Christ, they wanted to make better decisions. And so how do they do that? Well, Paul writes these words 
in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. And again, we see two things here on the table, the wise way to live your life or the unwise way to live your life. He doesn't say the right and wrong or the good and bad. He says the wise and the unwise way to live. And when we're talking about this idea of the wise way to live, it's, it's talking about that we know what God's word says is true. And then we take that truth and we apply it to our life. And when we do that, that's the wise way to live because the Bible calls that wisdom. When we know God's truth, we understand it and we apply that to our life. And, and the opposite is the fact that whenever we say to God's word, yeah, I know it's true and it might even be best, but I'm going to choose not to do that. I'm going to choose to do something else. I'm going to choose to go my own way. The Bible calls that foolishness. And when we look at Paul and what he writes here, he says to them in the form of a warning, be very careful. As you make these decisions in your life, be very careful. Because making wise decisions is not something that typically just happens by accident. I don't know a lot of people that stumble into these great wise decisions just because they were just you know, walking aimlessly and boom, they make wise decisions in their life. Instead, they oftentimes do things and they regret it later. I've yet to meet anyone who has come in and said, you know what, today I decided I'm going to ruin my life. Today I decided I'm going to wreck my marriage or scar my kids forever. That's usually not the type of decisions people make. But instead, they make unwise decisions and those things happen. Here's the thing. Paul teaches us that in every area of our life, especially those big ones, what we would consider those, those really important ones, we really only get one shot to get through this. You really only get one chance. Uh, you only get one chance to raise your kids, and then they're gone. You only get one shot to prepare for your future. And it's so important that we don't miss these opportunities, that we, we take advantage of them, because you don't end up in a good place by accident or by chance, simply. Uh, Paul says we have to be careful, and in order to do that, look at what he says in verse 16. Making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. I heard a message on uh, this topic before, and the phrase that they used for making the most of every opportunity was reworded to say, squeeze every moment out of every minute. And I like that. Squeeze every moment out of every minute, because most of the time, we don't do that. But we need to make the most of the time that we have. Make the most, squeeze every moment out of every, every minute out of every moment whenever you're here at church, whenever you're with your family, when you're working, work hard, whenever you're at school, study well. We need to squeeze every moment out of every minute of our life. The phrase that Paul uses there, because the days are evil, I think maybe we can best understood that whenever we come to the realization that we don't live in a neutral world. We don't live in a world where if you leave something alone, it's just going to get better. Instead, generally, it will fall apart. I mean, I don't run. If I don't run, and if I don't take care of myself and kind of watch what I eat, I would not look this good. <laughs> and it takes a lot of work to look this good, right? Okay, someone's awake out there. That's good. It's true in all areas of our life. And if you're honest with yourself, you know this to be true in your relationships in your relationship with your spouse or with your parents, if you just ignore it, it's not going to get better. If you just put it on the back burner and don't pay it any attention, it's not going to get better. Your finances, your job, your health, your, your education, whatever it may be, if you ignore it, it's going to fall apart. You're smart enough to know that's true. And so 
we need to understand that the days are evil and things are going to go south if we don't work on them. We don't pay attention if we're not careful how we live. God tells us to pay attention, to be careful, to squeeze every moment out of every minute. Because don't think you're going to end up somewhere because you just happened to get there. You're going to end up there on purpose because we only get one shot at each moment. And then that moment is going to be gone. How do we do that? How do we, how do we squeeze every moment out of every minute? And, and I'm not going to give you the, the three-step process on how to do that. But, but Paul says here in verse 17, therefore, and therefore, whenever there's a therefore, what do we do? Anyone? We ask what it's there for, right? What's the therefore, therefore? And they have to go back and get some context and see what Paul's talking about. If you go back to the, the first part of the chapter, he says, and therefore, in light of being imitators of God, verse 1. Therefore, in walking in his light, verse 8. Therefore, in being careful how you live. Therefore, in making the most out of every opportunity. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. God wants us to be wise. He wants us to understand his will for our life. And understand simply means that we open our eyes and we pay attention to what God has to say and how God says things work. And maybe the reason you're here today is to just hear this. God wants you to wake up. God wants you to pay attention. God wants you to to get your head on straight so that you can see what he's telling you. Because here's the truth. All of us will face the truth of God's word either by choice or by crisis. Okay? And this is not meant to be a scare tactic, because I frankly don't think scare tactics have any long-lasting effect. They may make you go, oh, he's right, I need to change. No, come on. Let's look at this the way God wants us to. See, we talked uh, a couple weeks ago about this idea of rest and this application of rest, and you can either choose to apply this application of rest, or you can face a crisis by ending up on your back in the hospital after a heart attack or exhaustion or stress. And you can apply God's principle of rest. We will face God's truth either by choice or by crisis. You can see a marriage counselor today or you can wait till someone contacts a divorce attorney. You can pay attention to and discipline and invest in your kids now. Or you can wait until they get expelled from school or arrested. You, you, can, you can see a financial counselor now to get things headed in the right direction. Or you can worry about talking to a bankruptcy lawyer later. You can serve the Lord now, or you can look back on your life and wonder what might have been and what difference you could have made for the kingdom. In all areas of our life, God is calling us and saying, wake up, pay attention, be careful how you live. Hold your life up to the truth of God's word and apply his truth to your life. So what do we do when those when we're faced with those everyday things that aren't so clear, you know, how do we make those decisions if it's not right or wrong? Well, as Andy Stanley would say, we have to ask a different question. We have to ask what's the wise thing to do. And we have to ask that in three different ways. And I invite you to write this down in the back of your bulletin. The first one is we need to ask in light of my past experience, what's the wise thing for me to do? Again, for some of you, this is a refresher. For others of you, take notes. Uh, the, the poet and philosopher George Santayana is quoted as saying, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Another way to say that is, if you don't pay attention to what got you in trouble yesterday, you will probably get into the same trouble tomorrow. 
And you have seen people do this. I see people do this. They make the same choices a different way, every, and they just keep repeating the same thing. They, they either start dating different people, and they date person after person after person, hoping that, that their life will be different when the issue is them, right? And you've seen that. It's the same thing that causes people like me to go out and buy new golf clubs or a new baseball mitt because that will improve my swing or help me catch the ball better. It's you know, faulty thinking. It doesn't work that way. God has, has said that in light of our, our past experiences, if we want to make wise decisions, that's what we need to do. Every person has a unique history. What's permissible for one person may or may not be permissible for another when it comes to an issue that's not right or wrong. What's safe for you may not be safe for someone else. There are some of you that can walk into a situation and it won't affect you at all, and there's others of you that if you walk into that same situation, it's going to affect you because of your past, because of what you've experienced in your life. And so whenever you're faced with a decision, you have to filter that decision through the question of, in light of my past experiences, what's the wise thing for me to do? What's the wise thing financially or professionally or relationally? What in your past is setting you up for failure in the future. You have to look at it that way. Not only that, you have to also ask the second question, in light of your current circumstance, what's the wise thing for you to do? You know this. You know that life is seasonal and that things change and and the way you feel today, you'll feel different tomorrow. Your sadness of today will be replaced by, you know, something else tomorrow. Your anger today will look different through the lens of tomorrow as well. Jesus taught us that each day has enough trouble of its own. And if you're not careful, sometimes we allow the present, the day, the right now to affect us so greatly that we make decisions that we're going to regret tomorrow. And we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to the people that we love and that love us to, to not just make an emotional decision. We need to make a wise decision. Think about it this way. How many of you have ever, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you have ever made a phone call or sent an email that 24 hours later you wish you hadn't done? In light of what's going on, we just have to to think about that. In, In light of my current situation, what's the wise thing for me to do? But it goes beyond just that moment because life is seasonal as well. Uh, It may be appropriate for you to, to think about pursuing a new job now and it won't be later, or it's not now and it will be later. Maybe the wise thing for you to do right now is to not buy a car, to not buy a... It's seasonal. You have to ask yourself, in light of your current situation, not if it's legal or or, or practical or anything like that, but in in light of your current situation, your circumstances, what's the wise thing for you to do? And then the third question we have to ask, in light of my future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing for me to do? What are your dreams? What do you hope will be true in 5, 10, 15 years? The reality is that for a lot of people, in fact, for most people, those dreams, they don't come true. And oftentimes it's because people rob themselves of their future. Too much debt, too much alcohol, too big of a risk, too many late nights spent away from home, too many missed classes. Dreams are traded for a moment, and then that moment is gone, and it's not the wise way to live. If we're able to live our life by making decisions and keeping an eye on the future, it helps us keep today's decisions in more of a proper focus. There's a a group of guys that that I've joined with, and and we're running in a a relay race this coming Saturday, 92 miles from Milford to Manasquan in New Jersey, the River to Sea Relay. And 
we had to make a decision based on the future. It's not like we were going to wake up on this coming Saturday morning and go, hey, let's go run 92 miles, right? The decisions that we've been making over the last few months and this week will determine our future and how well we're going to do. Anything you do in life that you plan for in the future, the decisions you make today will affect that positively, negatively, and we need to make decisions with the future in mind. The principle is true in all areas of our life, and you know this, and I've told you this before, but I've yet to perform a wedding ceremony where in counseling or on their wedding day, that couple stands before me and says, hey, we're really planning to have a big fight in just a few years and get a divorce and make it really messy and hurt a lot of people. No one ever says that, and yet it happens. It happens all the time. No one plans for it, and yet it does. It happens, and it alters the course of of people's lives because of the decisions they make today. We have to keep an eye on the future and what our future hopes and dreams are. We need to apply God's truth to our life, and that's the challenge for each and every one of us. As we've talked about this, the, the challenge is to take our life and to hold it up to God and to God's truth and what God's word has to say about our life. And we filter everything that we do and everything that we are through his lens. And we look at what God would have us to do. And then we apply that to our life. There's an app for that. And the app for our life is God's word in every area of our life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. That is your challenge. And I have to think about it this way. What if, what if you were to take those two scriptures and you were to really apply those to your life? If you were to really do that, how different would your life look? How, how much of God's truth would you really begin applying to your life on a daily basis if you were to take those two scriptures and apply them to your life? You see, we need to take God's truth and begin applying that. And I don't know what that looks like exactly for you. You do, and it's your challenge to run the app. Maybe today the app that you need to run is to run the truth of God's word that he loves you, and that he wants a relationship with you, and that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you. And because of that sacrifice, you can come to him, and and he will receive you as his child, and you can walk with him in forgiveness, and you can walk in him with newness of life. That's what he wants for you. And maybe today you need to run that app and accept his grace and his love in your life. Maybe today the app you need to run is is to put your life up to God's truth and you need to start walking in obedience to him. There are things in your life that that are walking outside of what God's truth says and it's time to be obedient. Maybe you need to take a step of obedience in your faith and it's time to be baptized and surrender to him and start and and stop walking away from him but start walking with him. Maybe the, the truth of God's word that you need to apply is to confess your sins because he is faithful and just to forgive. That's the truth. And maybe you need to apply that to your life and allow him to forgive you and to receive that forgiveness in your life and and walk with him. 
Maybe you just want someone to pray with you. Maybe you just want to talk to someone. Maybe you just want to know more about what God's word has to say about you and your life and what you're going through. We would love to have the opportunity to talk with you and to share with you about those things. Ian and the band, they're going to lead us in this uh, song of invitation. We invite you, if you want to talk to someone, to make your way over to the cross, and we'll meet you there. Stand with me. Let's sing.